0: Hi, design enthusiasts. It's Laura here. Just wanted to start off this episode and let you know that we've created a freebie for you. Yes, we have. And it is in the show notes. Our number one episode downloaded since it came out is the welcome guide. And with that, Constantly being number one and trying to be appreciative of everyone and their kind words and how lovely they have been and how welcoming and how encouraging they've been. We created a template here at Thornton Design with our welcome guide, and now we have made it that you can use that too. So there are two parts to the download. One is a template. And the other one is a PDF that just shows you all the places I need you to implement your brand colors, your photos, your verbiage, and that way you can get started sending out this welcome guide to your future clients as soon as possible. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope that you find this helpful in your business. And if you have any feedback, we love to get that feedback. So please go ahead and send that to us. Otherwise, let's get started with this episode of The Business of Beautiful Spaces. Welcome to the Business of Beautiful Spaces. I'm your host, Laura Thornton, Principal of Thornton Design. I'm beyond thrilled to bring you this podcast where I am going to share over 25 years of experience in the interior design industry. As an experienced interior designer, I understand the challenges of running a successful business while also creating beautiful and functional spaces for our clients. Throughout my career, I've worked closely with trades and other professionals to bring my clients' vision to life, and along the way, I've learned a thing or two about balancing that creativity and practicality while running a business. In this podcast, I aim to share my knowledge, my insight with you, other designers, covering all the aspects of the interior design industry, from the creative process to the business side of things, from selecting the right materials to managing budgets and timelines. I am going to share all the tips and tricks that I have learned over the years to help you run a successful interior design business. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out in this industry, this podcast will be for you. I'm looking forward to sharing my experience with you, answering your questions and helping you navigate the exciting world of interior design. So let's get started on the business of beautiful spaces and explore the art of creating beautiful and functional spaces while running a successful business. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Business of Beautiful Spaces podcast. This is a podcast for interior designers who own their own business. I'm your host, Laura Thornton, and I've been an interior designer for over 26 years. And my mission here every week is to help fellow designers navigate the challenges of running a successful interior design business. Today, I want to dive into a topic that is incredibly timely as we approach the holiday season and staying focused and on track during these last couple of months of the year, this period is notorious for being our busiest time. It is crucial to manage the time for your client and for yourself and the expectations of what comes with the holiday season. So let's start by discussing the importance of knowing holiday deadline dates from our vendors. This is something we need to know well in advance. I typically start asking in July and I'm located in the Toronto area. And what that means for us is that, um, they go on mandatory shutdown. A lot of our custom houses will go on mandatory shutdown the last week of July and the first week of August. So as soon as they return, I will be asking about the holiday season cutoff. And why I do that is because very quickly after they return, Typically, my cutoff is Labor Day weekend. So, if you can imagine, <laughs> they get back the first week of August, and then they tell me the cutoff is Labor Day. And again, I've been doing this for 26 years, and over 20 of those have been in my own business. So, I I do know what to expect. And so, at this point, it's just almost um, just checking in to make sure that nothing has changed, or if maybe they've got a new vendor that's able to supply things a bit quicker for them. Um, but at the end of the day, I know that that is my cutoff, and I've been using that as my cutoff for probably almost 10 years. Um, And I, I used to make it Thanksgiving. And that was easy because that was our standard timelines for custom work and for all the things that were coming in. And and i used to do that and then it took me sadly a long time i'd like to think i'm a smart woman and it took me a long time to realize that by using thanksgiving and i should clarify for anyone that's not in toronto um our thanksgiving is the first or second weekend in october and i know other countries have it at different times but for us it's october and so you know having that 6 weeks later than labor day 5 to 6 weeks later than labor day meant that my holiday season was absolutely mental town. Like I was running on empty. By the time Christmas, for me, I celebrate Christmas rolled around, I was exhausted. I was so tired that I couldn't even function because up until the 23rd, or sometimes even the 24th, I was installing other people's how homes to have it ready for the holidays so that they were able to enjoy at the detriment of my own and so now i've moved that up also because that is the timelines have moved up uh also thank you COVID for that but but i did that also very purposely so that i had a buffer so what i like to do is work backwards i like to work backwards from when our studio will close down. And we normally take off the two weeks, so the Christmas to New Year's and come back that following Monday, which usually coincides with um, the kids' school breaks, typically. Um, but now uh, we have a couple of rules. I'm kind of jumping here. Sorry, I decided to do this, be- this podcast because um, I realize how quickly everything is approaching and I do feel like it could help people whether it's too late for this season but you could start thinking about it for next season. but um, I digress and I'm gonna circle back. So why why I do that is because that those weeks knowing in advance how many weeks back it's going to take, I will not book any installs the week prior to our office shutting down. Why I have done that is this all the years I did it, And then you're rushing and you're rushing people to produce and you're rushing people to get things. Mistakes will happen every half foot in the door, half foot out the door, half the people are doing their Christmas list, Christmas shopping, Hanukkah shopping. They're doing all of their menus. They're doing all of the things that they do at celebrate around that season. And everyone's got one foot in the door at work and one foot and mind is elsewhere. And so the, the window to open up for mistakes that week was colossal and it was showing. And then it was also a reflection of us going into the holidays with clients looking around going, well, this is not the right thing, or that's missing, or." you know, because it would be that there was things that were going wrong. And by doing it that week, there is no forgiveness, there is no one to reach out to to try and fix it. Because as we all know, the world is on a very slow pace, those two weeks, very minimal, or skeletal staff in a lot of our vendors, buildings, and or small businesses, that they're also at home in the holidays. So we weren't able to solve any installation issues for over two weeks. So it didn't. Give any value to us or our client. All it did was create headaches, and then I would feel horrible over the holidays that I wasn't able to pull off what I thought I could pull off. There is no need to be a super person here for this. Um, So that is my cutoff. That is why I do it. We will not install anything the week prior to our shutdown. We will install up until that time because that means we have five full working days to remedy any issues on site that could possibly happen. And that is why I use our cutoff dates the way in which I do. So I would urge you to look at those dates. I would urge you to ask your vendors well in advance to find out what their cutoffs are so that you're not disappointing yourself and or your clients, because of course, you always want to look like a hero. So to that point, after the cutoff, if somebody hasn't made it and they're very aware that it's going to be into the new year that they're getting their uh, rooms installed if I am able to pull it off and I have quality checked everything and I know it's going to be a flawless install and we have the manpower to do it, we will absolutely do it. Why wouldn't we? We A, we want the income back into our business before the end of the year. B, we want to wow our clients and have them enjoy their holiday season with their new room or new rooms. Um, And so why wouldn't we do that? Of course we would. So um, again, it took me 15 years of running myself ragged and working tirelessly right up until well for me Christmas Eve to meet these clients holiday deadlines and it took a long time to sit down and think this is silliness why am I doing this and came up with this uh this plan to work backwards so I no longer have to have those insanity holiday lead-ups um trying to make everyone else's holiday dreams come true. So, um, that would be my first little item for you. I would say make sure you know your deadlines. Make sure you're working backwards, and make sure that you're communicating that really, really well to your client, so that there is absolutely no disappointment. You know, the, the it just has to drive home that this is the goal. But if you don't make it, 2024 is going to be a great year for your dining room. <laughs> You know, and so um, that recipe for disaster then goes out the window. You still look like a hero at all times to your client. So. Uh, The next thing I'd like to move on is how to stay focused and on track during the holiday season and scheduling a mandatory shutdown for yourself. And if you have a team is something that has worked out to be very ideal for me. So um, that period between Christmas and New Year's Eve in in for us at our office or whatever holiday that you celebrate at that time, it is traditionally the slowest time of the year in our industry. Uh, Our clients are on vacation or with their family somewhere, our vendors are doing the same thing. And typically uh, us and our team are also doing that. So no one is returning calls. No one is returning our emails. Nobody is sending us pricing. So it's the perfect opportunity for us to reset, step away from work, truly unplug, recharge my batteries and our team's batteries. And at our studio, the only thing that gets done in studio during that time is a deep cleaning. <laughs> it's amazing what a fresh start can do for your creativity and your energy levels moving into a new year. But that's not all. When I, Even though I might not be sitting at my desk in studio, I use this time to basically have a valuable practice that I do that I'm going to share with you. During the downtime, I, I sit down and I write down my goals for the upcoming year. I have kept a separate book for, I think this is going to be my 13th or 14th uh, entrance uh, entry. And it's blank pages and it's a big portfolio art notebook. And I put the year in the middle and I break out my markers and I color it and I make it really kind of fun and fresh because this is for me and it's only for me. And I've done this, like I said, I think this is going to be my 13th or 14th year. And then I work around that page and it's quite a big book. It's like a big giant sketchbook. So it's probably 18 or 24 inches wide and it's got to be 14 to 16 inches high. And I work on the landscape because, you know, why do anything normal? (laughs) We're designers and creatives after all. Um, And so I flip open and I review my year that I wrote on typically New Year's Day or the day after, the year before, and I, I highlight whatever I actually did and what I actually followed through on and what came true. And you'll be surprised once you write it down how much of it you actually tackle and how much of it you actually did. And whether you ever go back and look at it again, or it's just one year later, it's actually fascinating to see how much you've actually done. And then what I do is if it's still something that's a goal and it didn't get tackled, I will move it on to the next year. Let's talk about 2024. I will move it into the 2024 year. What I also do is I subdivide After my year in the middle, I'll write, like, that's, for example, I'll have 2024 written this year, and then I'll have my work goals on my upper left-hand corner. I'm going to have my personal goals on the upper right-hand corner, and then everything in between. I can have, like, trips I want to take, things I want to do with my family. Uh, Maybe I want to splurge and buy something for myself if I hit a certain goal. So these are the things that I write down. And I put it on paper and, and then I go back and I look at it a year later. And these are things that I think are really important as we move forward to see what we, how we, how we've grown or what we've done and what we've achieved. And you can give yourself a pat on the back because sometimes as entrepreneurs and creatives and business owners we just feel like we're always supposed to be doing something with all the hats that we wear. And you always feel like, oh my God, I was supposed to do this last week and I didn't do it. And now I'm supposed to be the accountant this week and I got to do this. And I, I'm human resources today. And tomorrow I'm going to be like, like the marketing guru. So, you know, we have all these different ways we're being pulled, but sometimes we just need a really simple reminder that we did achieve our goals and look how far we have come. And I use this in the same book so that I can go back and see in 14, 13, 12, 10, eight, nine years, what I've accomplished and what I have done. And it's personal and work. It's not just work, but I do find this to be a valuable tool for me. And in addition to that, separately, I work out and look at my numbers um and see and and i would recommend not doing this on the same day because one could heavily influence the other um just because you know numbers suck and who likes to work with numbers and i mean i do love them i'm not gonna lie but at the same token it's such a daunting day to look at numbers and figure out numbers and what you need to come up with for the year so what i do is i sit down and i look at all my expenses and i look at um where i spent and where i think i could probably shave and save and what i will not be willing to to compromise and shave and save. And so I worked that out. Like, you know, obviously everybody has different bills. Like here at our team, we have to pay for AutoCAD seats. We have to pay for our project management seats. We have, um, gas and car payment insurance that is non-negotiable, uh, cell phones, Wi-Fi, but there's rent. There's all the things that are non-negotiables and those don't tweak that much from year to year, but it is valuable to see what you have spent and what you need to make the following year to pay the bills, to pay your salaries, to pay your insurance, to pay all the things. And, and I take that number because it's daunting. And I break it up into quarters because I do things quarterly here at Thornton Design, and I break it up into quarters and I figure out how many consultations, how many projects, and what size and 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 what um, profit margin I need to be able to make that happen. And then it doesn't feel so overwhelming. And then I know I have a goal for that quarter, and and then I work at it that way so that I don't feel like this huge number that I have to meet every year. Even though I'm fully aware it lies in the back of my head at all times, it doesn't feel so overwhelming when it is a quarterly number and it feels very obtainable and so even if you are a few dollars short one quarter you know you can make that up the next corner quarter, then it doesn't feel so bad. So those are the two things. And the only two things that I do on our downtime, I really do step away. I'm not very good at it any other time of the year. Um, but I would love to see other entrepreneurs take that time because I have to tell you the difference of not running myself the whole time for year after year and right through the holidays and feeling like you know you had to be the, the, the super designer, super decorator, super stager, whatever role that you're in. By actually taking that downtime and enjoying it, when I come back in January of that following year, I actually am better. I'm a better designer. I'm a I'm a better boss. I am a I am i I'm, I'm a I'm a better at all the hats. I'm a better accountant. I'm a better human resources. I'm a better marketer because I've actually stepped away and I can see see things so much clearer. And every year, I'm reminded once I do it how good I feel and how great it feels coming into that following year, refreshed and recharged and your batteries are feeling like, you know, you're on. And so, um, I have to say that again, it took me a long time. And if I could offer anyone, any advice, it would be to take some time for yourself and your family and, and, and enjoy that. Couple of weeks because nobody should be looking for you. You can definitely put on the best little cheery vacation reply email. Um, I know we have one here that I use every year that basically says we're off and we're recharging and we're enjoying our holidays. Um, and when we come back, we can't wait to serve you. In fact, I will actually look it up and I'll read it to you because we use it every year and it is cheerful. It is fun. Our clients always comment how much they like it. I am going to look for it. Hang, hold the phone, literally. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can pull it up quickly here as I sit at my desk and do this because uh, I do keep all of our email templates in a document that uh, is very easy for everybody in the office to pull out and and to read and to see. So um, basically, I have all the different. This one is for. We have multiple ones, but. Um, the one that I tend to like is that we are currently at our office celebrating with our families and our loved ones, and we'll be back ready to tackle your emails on the date of our return. And if your message requires any attention in this time, I'm sad to report that it'll not be uh, answered. And then there's a ho 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 and um, hope that you and your family and whatever holiday you you know, season's greetings, whatever the case may be, you know, you and your clients best and what works for them. But we found that this has been really receptive and, and also very respected that people aren't um pushing for any answers and they're not looking for us and they respect that we are taking this time off with our family. And so I would hope that uh, that would be something that would obviously your clients would do the same. So, um, so ho, 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 let's move on. (laughs) I really got off on some tangents here, but sometimes I find that these are the best podcasts when other podcasts I listen to, they are a little more fun. They're a little more informal and they're a little more informative. And I quite like that. So I hope that this is something that you're enjoying too, but you can, you can grill me in the, uh, Instagram feed if you want and tell me, shut up and keep it (laughs) to, keep it to the stuff that we want to know. So any I'm going to move on here. So I use these exercises just so I can calculate my minimal income required to cover all my bills and expenses as mentioned, and it allows me to break down the year into quarters and specific projects, and it makes it feel less overwhelming. So I could have summarized it that way. Instead, I took the long route around, but um, let's move on. So the, that effective communication uh, with your clients to make sure that they're informed about your holiday schedule and your deadlines right from the beginning of the project. We manage their expectations early and then we can prevent any last minute rushes. So I, I do tend to also have that in our About Us document. Uh, welcome guide too. You can put all your mandatory shutdowns in there if you require. That way it's not something that you need to remember in August <laughs> to start telling a new client. Um, but that's the big picture of how you can control your business and your client's expectations during the busiest season of the year. Uh, effective communication. Let's prioritize. Let's focus on the most critical products and our crucial projects, if you will, and clients to ensure that their needs are met and that we are able to maintain our sanity. We can delegate if, if you have vendors who will help you out or if you have a team. Make sure everyone is on the same page regarding your holiday plans and expectations. Delegate tasks, any responsibilities that will avoid unnecessary stress. I will highly recommend always an forever to make sure that you're quality checking your products before you install, but specifically at holiday season time, because this is where other companies will start lacking in uh, people and team members doing their due diligence on their end. So I highly recommend you doing yours to avoid disappointment on a job site. Um, Planning for the new year. Use this downtime. Strategize for your upcoming year. What type of projects do you want to take on? What are the areas of your business you would like to improve on? Is there any marketing goals that you have? And if so, could you start pre-planning some of those concepts now and just getting them down on paper? And the most importantly is self-care. Do not forget to take care of yourselves. As designers, we are notorious for um, caring more about our clients than we are ourselves. And the holiday season can be overwhelming to anybody. So make sure you take time for self-care, whether it is through meditation, exercise, spending quality time with loved ones, even just getting a day shopping at your favorite store for maybe a little special something for yourself, whatever it takes. So no pun intended, but that's a wrap. (laughs) Let's wrap up today's episode. Remembering that staying focused and on track during the holiday season is not only about just surviving, (laughs) it's about thriving in our interior design businesses. So I hope that these tips and insights help you navigate all the challenges ahead for 2024. And obviously, going into the holiday season of 2023. If you have any questions or would like to share your own experiences, I love sharing. So and I would love for other designers to use this as a community of sharing. So please feel free to reach out to me on social media or via email. I would love to hear from you. It's laura at thebusinessofbeautifulspaces.com. Or every week there is a Instagram post for the podcast. So the podcast like meaning this episode so if you have anything to add or anything that you um think that would be beneficial for other designers i would love for you to start putting those those items in there because i always i read them personally myself but i do know that other people do too and they gain knowledge and not everybody's comfortable sharing but for those that are wouldn't it be great to all learn from each other so thank you so much for listening today i know it was a little bit all over the place and spastic but trying to get my thoughts out sometimes on passionate items make me this way. So, um, so keep designing beautiful spaces and running those businesses with success in mind. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Have a great week.